Jones, producer. Voice actor, both director. Carl Jones, producer. Black Dynamite, Carl Jones, producer. The last OG with Tracy Morgan. Fail. We got the man in the building. We about to get him on right now. Ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, show your love for the man, the new, the legend. Yeah, right. That's right. Come on, Jones. There we go. Right low. What's good? Up it up. How you doing? How you doing? doing good, man. Thank you for coming on to the show, man. Oh, uh, man. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Anytime. Oh, man. So, are you? Yeah, man. Yeah, see, get into it, man. the sweater, man. That's that's looking real festive. I like they see me. I like my colors, bro. I, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a little, you know, a little polo, you know. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. That's what's up. Yo, uh, that Sean said Carl Jones is the man. Okay. Carl, Carl, Carl replied to what? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I will, I will, I will. Oh, Britta, they coming in all right. No, calling right. for her. Right. They don't sit if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, how you doing? How you right. Friday? Nah, nah, just, just, they might be in jail. With this beverage, they was just like all right. No, Carl, Carl, I've been trying to deal with you, Carl. Like, okay. But again, yo, thanks for being on the show. We're gonna have some fun today. Um, let's just jump right into it, bro. Like, yo, who is Carl Jones, man? This that's a wide open, super wide open question. Well, I mean, phrase it like that on purpose. Who is who is I mean, you know, Carl. people know, but in case they don't know, who is the man, the myth, the legend, Carl Jones? Man, I'm just a, a nigga that was selling mixtapes in a barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, fucked around and started, you know, making cartoons for a living, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, nah, I, you know, I, I got my start, you know, as most people probably know with the Boondocks, you know, um, and from there, you know, I went on to do Black Dynamite, um, mm. did a lot of stuff with Adult Swim because at that time they were, they became almost like family to us, right? So, um, I did another project um, called Freak Nick the Musical with um, T Pain and Nick Widenfeld, who was mm -hmm. our executive at the time in Adult Swim. Dope. And um, yeah, and uh, you know, did some other stuff with Adult Swim, like uh, you know, The Jellies with Tyler the Creator, um, oh, yeah. Laser Wolf with uh, Emery Boxu and and um, yep. and um, uh, and Vince Staples, and um, what else? Uh, did some stuff with Comedy. Central, like Legends of Chamberlain Heights, you know, with uh, uh, with Josiah. I don't know if, if if you guys are familiar with with uh with Josiah, but um, we we uh yeah, I mean, I'm both around, man. This was stuff with Fox and um, yep. Uh, damn, what else? Yeah, man. I mean, most recently, I guess I I did a show at HBO Max uh, called Young Love, which is based on the Oscar-winning short film, Hail Love by Matthew Cherry. Um, mm. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, a, little, a few other things here and there, but those are, those are the most, I guess, most notable, you know? Respect the respect. Hey, um, oh, I must admit, I must, I, how can I not mention this? And I also launched a really dope NFT project called Bubble Goose Ballers um, around the end of last mm. year. And it's, it's if you, if you haven't heard of it, like please check it out. Bubble Loose Ballers. We got a really dope community, you know, with some really um hardcore uh hardcore community members and fans. And um, it's, it's a dope project, man. We're we're in the process of you know making toys and TV shows, okay. and clothing, and the whole nine. So dope, man. Dope, man. Listen, man. Talk about that era in the Dark Swim where it feels as if they they had the monopoly on adult animation to you coming coming into the game how was that era of animation i mean it was crazy man because adult swim was very different from a lot of networks right because mike lazo was the head of adult swim at the time and mm -hmm. he, he was just a visionary man like he was somebody that truly saw you know because he started doing like space goes coast to coast and so, yes, sir. Uh, you know, 
Right, and repurposing a lot of that old Hanna Barbera stuff, right? And mm-hmm. it was almost like they were doing like, and I and I mean this in a respectful way, but it was almost like they were doing like a parody of a of a of a, a cartoon right. work, right? Right. It, it um and it and it just really resonated with people, man, because they never took themselves too serious, mm-hmm. you know. So there were a place that you could pitch a show like Aquatine Hunger Force, where there's a meat wad. In a French fried box in a yeah, it was in a from a house next to a nigga named Carl that wears white beaters, right? I'm sorry, pink tops. Um, right. <laughs> um, but but you know that was a place where you know creators could go and really spread their wings and just do a bunch of crazy shit, and they supported it, you know, and I because. I don't know that you could have sold that show anywhere else or Squidbillies or, you know, a lot of stuff that they, they did. And the Bulldogs actually got turned down at Fox first. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, whoa. You know? So, wow. You know, okay. it, it was, so it was this place where they let us play and do whatever we wanted to do. And um, there wasn't many limitations. Every time, every now and then we get a few notes, but it, it was unlike any other network. And I, and I do think that's why they were so successful. I mean, even look at Family Guy. Like Family Guy started mm-hmm. out at Fox, right? Then Fox, right. Fox gave it to Adult Swim. Adult Swim got it hot. And then Fox was like, yeah, yep. give me that back. Came back. We need some of that. You know, we need some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it just became that place, man. And um, I, I mean, I think they've grown a lot since then. I mean, I, I think in some good ways, in some ways that, I don't know, maybe not be so good just in the sense of, you know, you know, they're a bigger company now and they got to, you know what I mean? They got boxes they got to check and, you know. Right. It's a cool, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a big corporation. Yeah, yeah, all, all of that stuff, man. But, um, but they're still adult. I just, they're still family to be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and yeah. Yo, um, and everybody watching, if you got questions for Carl, go ahead and hit that little question icon at the bottom. We'll try to get your questions answered. Carl, you were talking about, um, like get a certain note. So I'm imagining you guys are writing different shows and maybe you submit, uh, I don't know if you would submit the final product or you submit a script to like, uh, the network and they give you notes on it. I know that's pretty common in the industry. Is there anything that, um, that you wanted to really get out there that would have been like, you just thought it was hilarious, but the network was like, Oh no, we can't, if you can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, and we got sponsors. <laughs> we are. Uh, what with the Christmas thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, but there was only. I mean, there's only like two things that come to mind. Cause like I said, they gave us a lot of room, right? Yeah. So okay. there's only like two things that come to mind, but we still ended up doing it. We just got in trouble for it. So it was like. They, they warned us, you know, like the Tyler Perry episode. For the oh, man, you're classic. Please touch on that, bro. Please touch on that. Well, no, nah, they, they knew that was a dangerous space to be in. Yeah, I'm saying like they already they told us in the beginning, like you can't name him Tyler Perry. He cannot right. look like Tyler Perry. You cannot. <laughs> you can't touch Tyler Perry. Pause. You can't touch. Wow. You know so I was like. So, you know, we, 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 so we found a very creative way to do it. Or at least we thought, you know, at first we were like, okay, well, let's just use this real thing. And then adults were, I, I think like two, we got it past them. They were like, all right, this is better. Thank you. And I called him Tyler Perry. I can't remember what his real name is, but they were like, this is good. And then like two or three weeks later, they, they, they found out that we got his real name. <laughs> and they were like, and, and that's when they had a real sit down with us. Like, look, no bullshit. Like you can't don't fuck around like you you know we, we're not playing this game like you, know, you can't you can't do it so we we called him Winston Gerald we made him look very different but people still knew what we was doing um mm-hmm. and Atheon Crockett came in and he did the voice and man it, we just we just had so much fun with it and they as soon as it aired I think it was like the very next day Tyler Perry called Adult Swim person wow like, you guys better not ever hear that again and they what what <laughs> and they, and they, and they did man um, but it, wow. it was that time there was that time and then i think um the other one was was uh when we wanted to kidnap oprah was when uh ed and rummy was going to kidnap oprah mm-hmm. and, and, it, and this was and this wasn't even the network it actually didn't make it to the network because someone high up in sony got wind that we were doing it and they were like 
Because at first, at first, we thought it was like a legal note, right? So we had it all okay. with the legal department because they have a department that handles, you know, all of the legal notes or the standards and practices. So we had a call with them, and we were like, we don't understand how are we break. How is this like breaking a law or like we don't get it? Mm-hmm. And they said, this is not a law. You just can't do it. And that was their only explanation. There's like, they're like you, Sony, as a company, will not let you do it. Right. So, so, so they were like, so we not only could we not kidnap Oprah, we couldn't see Oprah. We couldn't even see her. We couldn't show her face, even if they were unsuccessfully kidnapping her. We couldn't even show right. her face. You know. So, um, so that was the other thing. And we did. So we, you remember the episode? You know, they they kidnapped my Angelou instead, but. Um, but that was the only two things that I could recall really. Uh, there was like, I think when we did on black dynamite, there, <laughs> there was like, but we ended up still doing it. But Mike Lazo, he, re- he really didn't like the, uh, <laughs> it was, the, um, I don't know if y'all remember, it was the gay bash episode, but it was like, you know, um, and, and it was, and the thing about it is I'll just say this, like, especially at that time. We weren't, we weren't, a lot of the stuff that we were tackling, we were tackling issues where we thought, at least, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. we were offering many different angles and entry points into that conversation, right? So it was right. never like, this is what we believe or what we think, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you always had, it's like if you think about, you know, even with Gang Solutions, right? Like Riley had a point of view, you know, Huey had a point of view, Ruckus that had a point of view, and Granda had a point right. of view. And they were all very different, you know, about how they felt about like, you know, Riley wearing a gangsterlicious man back. But we never, but we never, we never made like an overarching statement that we feel in some way that this is, you know what I mean? So, right. so that, and, and that is, that is kind of the stance we took, I think, with a lot of things. It's just like, like there's a voice for the show, but we, but we don't really try to drive home a very specific statement when it comes to something political or something or touchy subjects like that. You know what I mean? I feel you, man. Listen, man, uh, of course, Boondocks being one of the most dangerous, one of the most thoughtful, funniest shows of all time, animation or live action period, right? The man behind it was Eric Magruder. How was it like working with that man, that mind on the show? I mean, I mean, Eric is, I mean, he's a, he's a genius, man. Like, I, I think, I, I think he, he he deals with politics in a way that is like yeah no yeah. other you know what I mean um mm-hmm. I, I you know his 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 point of view his voice his, his, his comedy I mean that's I mean that's where I cut my teeth that's that's where I learned from him, you know what I'm saying and, and who I studied you know so I mean I mean he, he's he's a I mean, he's an amazing creative you know um I think I think in a lot of ways he he's not I I, I wouldn't think of him as like a very collaborative creative like he's the type mm. of person. You know when he was doing the comic strip, it was a. I think it was it was such an isolated job. Yeah, it? with all him, and there wasn't many people involved, and it wasn't a lot of voices, right. a lot of elements. When you when you take that into animation, it's it's extremely compartmentalized, right? So you have like I mean you have hundreds of artists, you know. I mean it breaks down into different from the from 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 character desires, the background desires to to you know the the inks and paints and colors and storyboards and. You know what I mean? And then you get into animation. There's just a lot of different elements and layers that all have to come together, and you be happy with it, right? Or or has to meet your your at least your your ideal vision. And that was the biggest problem I think he had. He he just couldn't. Um, he, he was. I mean, look, I it was so it, he was so he was so you know atten- He had so much attention to detail, and he had such a high bar, high standard of quality. Like he had me. Like I, there was times where like. I would get a background design, right? And it would be a tree. It'd be a, it'd like Huey's tree, for example. I'm, I, mm-hmm. you know, I would show him like, yo, what do you think about, about this tree? And he would look at the leaves in the tree and he could tell oh. if they used like a cloning, a cloning tool in Photoshop and repeatedly right. leaf at it. Oh. So he'll be like, these leaves look the same. I don't want, to stop using the cloning tool. So like, I, I, I mean, and that's just like one example, but it was, yeah. it was a lot. It was like that across the board. But I will say, I will say this, you know, and it, and it was rough because you know what I'm saying, like you know, and and our characters also change clothes almost every scene. If it was unless it was in the same day, so you don't see that in animation. 
Usually Steve character design, they have one set of clothes all throughout the entire lifeline of his cartoons. Yeah. That's not what we did. You know, it had to, it had to ring true to the culture and it had to be authentic. And we just had to, we had to, because of, because of what it was, it had to speak to the culture in a real way. So we wanted our characters to have, you know, different clothes and, you know what I'm saying, be like real people. And, and so that came with like clothing designs, <laughs> you know, like, the, you know, there's a certain fashion that Huey has that's different from a certain fashion that Riley has versus Granddad. And so it was a lot of thinking that went into this, but there was a genius behind it. And, and because, I mean, look, the networks, I mean, Sony complained a lot and we were over budget and we were over schedule every season. I think we was maybe, I don't know, $1.7 million over budget every season, Ooh. something like that. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 but the problem was really, if the problem wasn't Aaron was being too demanding. The problem was the show was under budgeted because okay. the, kind of show, mm. the kind of show it was, it needed a lot of characters. It needed a lot of backgrounds. It needed a lot of what we needed in order to tell the kind of stories we would tell, you know, but we, but, but it's kind of hard to say that after the fact, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, so anyways, it, it, it uh, it was a, it was a great experience. It was a lot of ups and downs. Right. So he and I don't talk now, which I, I think is unfortunate, uh, but you know, it, it was, it was, it was dope though. All right. Real quick, Arye, uh, Brisk Dr. King said to kill Carl, I know you ain't drinking my favorite soda. <laughs> That's hilarious. This nigga is quoting a, 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 a bully that we used to know in high school. Oh, he's word. The, he's the, word. he's the, He's a run up on people like, like, yo, I know you ain't drinking my paper soda. Let me use wild. <laughs> I think it was like, he was like Debo. His name was actually was half gray, but he had like a full beard and mustache. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you roll up on you, roll up on you, be like, yo, I know you ain't wearing my favorite shoes. Uh, one of those. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Like, yep. Gotcha. That was wild. How are you? We got somebody in the, uh, in the comments say, uh, how good of a rapper was Carl Jones? Shout out to Riconia. Uh, hilarious. He was one of the writers. He's, he's one of the writers of Black Dynamite. Oh, um, are you trying to give me the freestyle, niggas? Like, <laughs> Carl Jones got bars. Oh, man. Man, I, 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 I used to mess around a little bit, but I, I, I I'm, nah, way out. No, right. <laughs> word, word. I got no. All bars. right, but no. Listen, man, um, a lot of people don't know, but I found out. I did my booze, right? You should know going to produce in the flow of Andy All Crockett on Fox. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Little lag right here. Hold on for a second. All right, go ahead. What did you say? You got to that. All right, so a lot of people may not know that you helped out with in the flow with Andy All Cro Crockett on the Fox show. Right. I love the show. What was one? What was some of your favorite moments working on that show? I mean, just working with AVR. Like, it, I mean, you know, AVR and I, we, we went to high school together. Work. Well, I was, uh, you know, and yeah. So me and I, we, we go. So we go way back to, to Fayette, Fayetteville, or we call Fayetteville. And um, so having a chance to work, work with him, number one, since we grew up together, was it was surreal, right? Mm. But it was interesting because before we took the show to Fox. He had the internet on fire. Like he was just yeah. ahead of his time, man. Like yeah, you, know, man. You, remember, but, you know, like his impressions are crazy. Like he just I mean, a legend. What the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Insane, bro. And, and so he was doing all of these really dope, you know, skits on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I don't remember how we how the conversation came about, but I just I remember I might even said to him, like, yo, we need to try to because you know, but at that time. You know, I had, you know, produced a couple of things I've done, you know, I've, I've, you know, sold a couple of projects and stuff. So I was thinking like, there's gotta be a way like we could, we could set this up at a network, you know? Mm -hmm. So we actually cut together like a sizzle reel. We just took all of his dope pieces from all the dopest pieces from the, from YouTube and we cut it together in, the, in this like sizzle reel, right? It was like a two minute sizzle reel. And we set up a meeting with Fox and we played it and they were like, this is, we love it. <laughs> they were like, you know. And you know, Avion, you know, he did his field, talked to him about how his, you know, his vision for the show and, and and we got the deal. But what happened was after they said they wanted to do it, I got a call from my agent and he was like, Hey, 
um, what do you think about partnering with Jamie Foxx? And um, yeah. and Tom, yeah. I, you know, I was trying to wrap my head around it because I, I, because first of all, Jamie's a beast. Like he's a, he's like one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Right. Absolutely. But I was trying to, I was trying to figure out how those two different brands of comedy work together. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. Apion does a very specific thing and Jamie does a thing, you know? And so that was the thing I struggled with. But at the same time, I'm like, it's Jamie Foxx. So we, you know, I talked to Apion, you know, we decided to make it happen. And so we, we, we came together, you know, Jamie had his writers and, you know, we had some writers and we brought those two camps together. And I feel like the problem with the show, um, and I, 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 well, I know it's not what you asked, but I think the reason why it still didn't last long, mm -hmm. or um, why it got taken off the air after like six episodes, I, I really believe that it was just two different voices that were fighting each other. Uh, and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so almost literally fighting each other. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but, it, but, but it was really, it, it was really, uh, yeah, it was really. And you know, API had. I think, I think, I, if we would have, I truly believe. If we would have did the show that Aikman had had in, in mind, you know what I'm saying? I I think it would still be on the air to this day. I truly don't know, man. Yeah, no. we had a bunch of dope sketches, man. That just did not, just didn't make it in. You know what I mean? Um, but whatever, you know. And it's also Fox too. So keep in mind, like, you know, because we 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 were also trying to do some stuff that was probably a little more like a little more thought provoking and on the level of what Chappelle was doing, right? Okay. Um. But it was Fox, so like a lot of stuff had to get, you know, I had to get kind of, you know, reeled in and, yeah. and, and watered uh, down, and it got to a point where it was like, yeah, this is this is probably not gonna work, you know. Yes. They try to make it into like, like uh, they try to make you guys be like Saturday Night Live or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the way I don't really go there for real, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, yeah. I don't know, there was there was I just remember there was sketches that we wanted to do that was just like. There was even, I remember we did one, they actually still let us shoot it. Well, act, no, actually they did let us shoot it. We snuck and shot it. They told us, uh, I, but we did this thing called Skinny Peg, right? Where it was like, it was the evolution of the skinny jeans. It was like, like it got to the point where niggas just spray painted their legs, right? And so we did a whole music. So we, we did a whole music video for Skinny Peg, but they told us, they didn't prove it. They told us not to do it. And so oh, we went downtown and shot it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what happened was we played it in front of a live audience, right? And the crowd went crazy. And so one of the executives, he came over to me and he was like, he's like, you were right. You know, he, he admitted okay. he was right. See, good call. Like that, man. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yo, real quick. And then I'm going to take, uh, take a question from the, from the audience. Also, guys, put your questions in the, uh, the little question box. So talk real quick about, uh, like you were saying on, on Havion's show like jb fox had his writers uh avion had his writers like what is that like trying to what does that writer's room look like you know what i'm saying especially when you got like maybe clicks and stuff you know what i'm saying like how does how does that work i give you i give you an idea right i i remember i remember one day i, I was in the writer's room and they had i think it was chris spencer was it was somebody was burning the script at the it was somebody somebody wrote me that young <laughs> it would be a perk, and you know, I'll just say this, man. Like, well, first of all, like, like, like Jamie's writers are like funny as hell. Like, you know, Chris, and Chris Spencer is funny. Johnny Mack is hilarious. Like, these dudes are like mm -hmm. really, really funny. It was just, I think, it was more of a tone thing, right? Because it was like, so the room, the room was pretty cool. Like, everybody, you know, we got a room. Um, and, you know what I'm saying? And everybody's pitching jokes and, you know, we're, we're putting scripts together. But at the same time, it's like, it's just two different, it's two different tones. Right. You know what I mean? Because they, yeah, they, yeah. they come from a world where, like, I don't know if you ever listen to a radio show, but, like, they be going in, like, yeah, really all the people, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, some mm -hmm. of the stuff, you know, some of the stuff would be kind of, you know what I mean? I'm always saying, because I'm cool with even, like, mean-spirited jokes or whatever, but I just think, like, totally was just different from, like, APR stuff I felt like had a had a larger reach. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because it was like, um, I don't know, like he, he even if we went into some some areas that were like that might feel a little dark or maybe some, you know, taboo subject matter, he had a way of doing it so that it I, it's hard to explain. I don't even know how the how he does it, but he had a way of doing it so that it didn't feel like 
you know, and I think I think a lot of it just comes from his charisma and his personality that he brought mm -hmm. to the table. Um, but there was but there was a lot of sketches that that you know you know Jamie like wanted to do that Adrian didn't want to do didn't want to do it and vice versa. And, and so at one point it, it it was really hard to to like navigate all of this because you know I, I'm you know which I you know Jamie's like he's the, you know Dave, I mean Adrian is Adrian sure we can also base yeah because I, I remember I'll tell you this one one story like. We we spent I, I don't know maybe like three or four weeks coming up with um sketches right so we had a mm -hmm. whole board filled with these index cards it was maybe like seventy sketch ideas that we were really really excited about and everybody mm -hmm. came in and he was like he said hey man this is his first time coming in because I think he was shooting a movie or something he's like hey man what's going on what's going on oh man it's good it's good yeah we here man we doing it we doing it mind you it's like eight o'clock at night it's like eight or nine o'clock at night and he's looking okay. at the board he's like well these these are sketches going on. Okay, okay, cool. He starts taking them all down. He starts <laughs> taking them all down. And he took the stack and tossed it in the trash. He's like, yeah, man, let's come up with some good stuff. Let's come up with some good stuff. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, so, now, no, no. No. When that happened. How long has it all been working on? How long has it all been working on at that point? It was, like, it was like three weeks. It was like something, maybe like three weeks. Because we, we were just coming up with the ideas. Yeah. It's like quick and mind you, mind you, it's like it's like nine o'clock at night. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, All right, man, come on, let's work on some real funny stuff. And it's just like, yo. Okay, I was like, yo. Yo, what is their life, bro? Because at the same time, like you said, it's Avion's show, but Jamie is like, you know, I guess he's the one that that's kind of getting the corporate back. The OG. Yeah. Kind of like the name or whatever. So like what is that like? Because you know, like you said, to your point, yo, JV is immensely talented, um, well respected, but like at that moment, you gotta be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was hard, man. It was hard. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, it was, you know, because you couldn't. I mean, look, he he's. I mean, he's also really smart. So it's not like I I don't I don't think it. Like he understood. He understood. I think he understood what we were trying to do. I just think it, it was just a taste thing, man. It was just a taste. And so it's kind of hard for you to, you know, you to come to somebody and say that the taste, that the taste, you know what I mean? It's, well, it's not even that it's wrong or it's bad. It's just different, you know? And then, and then I guess then the question becomes, well, whose show is it? And this is the problem because, you know, we had too many chefs. It's like, okay, it is, it is APR's show, but it's also, it's Jamie's show. And then, and then I'm in this weird position because I'm running, I'm running the writer's room. But I gotta, I gotta make sure that both of these camps, you know, come together creatively and synthesize together. And, it's, and that, and that was just like almost impossible. There was times where, like, you know, you know, Jamie would take his his guys off, you know, what I'm saying in his office, and Avion and I would be working with the rest of the writers in another room, and we would be working on sketches separately. And then we would try to come together. And then when you start putting those sketches, because that's actually what happened eventually. So when you start putting those sketches together in the same show, it felt like two different shows. It, it, you know what I'm saying? It, and, that, and, that, and that was and that was the problem. So we we never and we were never really in a position. Atheon and I, we were never really in a position where we could actually, you know, tell him no. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we ain't got that kind of we you know, this is Jamie Vox. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and again. Like I said, he's one of the funniest people on the, that I've ever met in my life. Like this nigga, I mean, right. he, he, some people just have that natural gift. He he definitely has it. I just think, um, you know, just different vibe. You know what I mean? Than where Atheon was on. Where somebody asked earlier, um, what was it like animating the fight scenes in both Boondocks and Black Dynamite? Um. It's funny how like everybody in the show knows karate. <laughs> it's like, right. I don't know who it is. Everybody knows kung fu. Everybody knows and they never they never address how all these people know kung fu. It's was no kung fu. Right. It's just not like that. Yeah. Um now it was fun, man. I mean, you know, I think that was the one of the cool things about the show is, you know, because you know, we we grew up you know watching anime and you know, we we you know, it was like part of the show was 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 comedy and social commentary and satire and all that stuff and then it was a, there was a, this fun part where we could just do these really dope ass anime fights with like black characters which you, you just never ever see so it was cool man especially when we had you know guys like Sung Kim and LaShawn Thomas you know yeah. um 
I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Sung Kim is like, so you know him. I'm like, he's he's one of the best, one of the best artists, directors, board artists. I mean, across the board, you name it. Like, he's like, he's just phenomenal. So a lot of those fight sequences that you saw came came from him. And and I ain't gonna front. <laughs> I found you know it's funny. I I didn't even notice at the time, but like later later on, like there was certain fight scene. It was fight scenes that we did that I'm like, you know, like. Some boarded it, but I'm like, that it looks very familiar to me, but I don't know where it came from. And then I seen people post <laughs> people people found you know what I mean? People found yeah. it too, like Naruto. Oh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but at the time I didn't even know it, you know, because I'm just because you know, some is just showing boards and I'm like, no, this is dope. But um but I knew I was like, why does this feel like I, it feels familiar? It and you know, so there's people who tried, you know, they they online they got you'll see like some of those spice seeds you'll see. You know, we we uh we was inspired by some other anime. There you go. Inspired. There you go. <laughs> Yo, so that's a, that's a, a good leeway into this question. Um, so to you, because it's it's two trains of thought on this. Um, and me and G were talking about this before we got on the show. To you, is Boondocks is it an anime? You know, I used to I. People used to ask me that all the time, and um, and I I used to take the stance that it is, you know, because I you know I always approached it like, you know, I felt I feel like we were never truly embraced as anime just because of the subject matter, the kind of, and the characters were black, and you know what mm -hmm. I mean, the culture of it all. I felt I think I think that's why that when I say the anime community, I just I mean like the hardcore anime has never never truly like really embraced it as anime because. You know the kind of stories that we're telling are also not very anime, right? right. But it's more that, it's more cultural, culturally, right? But with that being said, I feel like in terms of how the stories are being told, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and how executed those stories and the designs and and, and the art and the animation and all the visuals, I I mean I I would put it up there next to some, you know what I'm saying, some of these. But you know, top anime shows, and, and and honestly, I'm at a place now where like I don't even care if you know this stuff is anime. It's cool. Like we're not, we're not. You know, like why do we have to even try to fit in that box anyway? You you know what I mean? Like what, what we always find ourselves. I'm saying as black creators, not just creators, but as as people, we always find ourselves trying to. You know, we we always have to use someone else's um, measurements for our success, or we try to mm -hmm. fit in other people's box, or we want to be validated by so many other. You know what I'm saying? Just be, I mean, like we, we, you know, we don't, we don't need it. We don't have so it's okay. Like, all right, it's not anime. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is its own thing. It, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, um, and I, and I just feel like that across the board when it comes to anything that we do, like we don't, we don't got to fit into anybody's box or we don't, we don't have to measure up to anybody's criteria. like we can, you know, we do, we should do, just do us. All right. All right. I want to take a, a little left turn here just for, Hot second. If there was a versus battle between Thug Nificent and Gank Delicious, who you better know? Now, when you say Gank Delicious, do you mean most deaf? Most deaf. That's what we're saying. Can you, Carl Jones, beat most deaf ass? That's what that's what we say. Oh no. Put all my money on Gank Delicious. Yeah, okay. 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 I didn't even write that rhyme with uh, Thug Nificent. That was, oh, really? Believe it or not, that was DJ Pooh. Oh, word. Yeah, okay. DJ Pooh. You know, okay. 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 Uh, Actually, he wrote my verse, he wrote oh. Snoop's verse, and he wrote Buster Rhymes' verse. Hey, man. Hey, go ahead, Pooh. Pooh's Yo, Pooh's Most stuff ain't writing nothing. Nah, he, well, he he did like a um, he he did like a little freestyle. I don't know if you remember what he was like. You know, drop the beat, drop the beat. He's like, oh, gang, delicious. My rhymes are vicious. Eating them seeds, mm, delicious. Like that was that was just him, like just riffing. But like, um, but not the the other stuff. Everything else, I think, was was written. Um, yeah, we should do we should do a Thug Nipsey album though, man. I always thought we 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 thought we don't we. We missed so many opportunities, man. Like to do some cool stuff, you know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Because we, because we would do these hooks. Like, 
And it's like, and that's it. I'm dope. Still to this day, I'll be on TikTok and I'm here. I'm seeing videos pop up with people are doing stuff with it. And it's and we never we never made a full song out of that. Like, how do we not make a song? Right. Mm-hmm. It is booty butt cheeks. By the way, it's not it's not booty butt cheeks. But you know you know what? what it's not it's not booty butt cheeks. No, I thought I, so. What happened was the the, the so our, our music producer was a guy named Tank. Right, it was really, really dope. Not the singer, um, but he, uh, but he. So he wrote. He basically did like the guide track, right, uh, for the song, and he wrote it and he produced it. I thought he was saying booty butt cheeks. So when I recorded my, when I did my bo in the show, mm-hmm. I was saying booty butt cheeks. But the song that he actually that's playing underneath it is saying mood and butt cheeks. Uh, so later on, he heard it. He was like, he was like, bro, you know you're saying the wrong thing. <laughs> in the in the seat, right? No, like it worked. Well, that that's why every once in a while, that's why later on in another episode when he was like, when Thug Nipson was mad that his fans weren't supporting him, he was like, "Hey, Thug Nipson, is it moving butchies or is it moving butchies? Who cares about niggas? It's all about butchies." Like that's where that came from, because people were like, right. people were talking about it. Well, that's so hilarious. Every once in a while, I would just break out and song about booty butt cheeks. I do it at least twice a year, just randomly for no reason. Booty butt, but no reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Yo, somebody said um, F Granddad was a hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I said it's, it's, it's DJ Pool, and, um, and we, we had. Um, yeah, how does his name slip my mind, man? Rest in peace. Um, Willis John Willis? No, um, no, was singing on this, uh, singing the hook. How about how did that was name? I just drew a blank on his name. Um, you just I made know, it because um, your ass is old. Oh, um, <laughs> man, slip my mind. I'm sorry. Uh, Nate Dog, my bad. Nate. Oh, Nate. Nate yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, man, perfect. Yeah, perfect, man. Nate Dog, I was he's singing the hook. And I think Pooh wrote that too, actually. I think he wrote the whole song. Mm-hmm. And was... I know um, Fonte from Little Brother did some voices for the show too. Did you ever work with Fonte? Yeah, man. Yeah, he, um, he, he did. He, you know, I think it was at the end of the Cancer Freeman episode. If you, if you, um, if you go watch it during, um, during the cat, um, the end of the Cancer Freeman episode, um, on Bulldogs. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, th- I want to say, I want to say it was at the end of that song, but he, so he did a Don't Trust Them um, Niggas song, right? Yeah. Singing like a Negro spiritual. Mm-hmm. And he, and he mm-hmm. did all the voices, because you would hear like a chorus singing, but that's all Fonte. Right? Yeah, he, he, he's dope, man. And he's really, really funny. Like, he's really funny. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean... You kind of yeah. get it in her sketch too, you know, like, like he shows that creativity in albums. Yeah. 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 He's, he's so, so creative. He's got a great voice. He's got, he's got different voices and yeah, he, um, yeah, he was, he was fun to work with. Yeah. We, we, we worked together on, on a uh, black diamond like a little bit too. Mm-hmm. There we go. How, did, go. how did y'all get work done? Like, okay. I can imagine we did. not <laughs> <laughs> Like, is that why it was like so much, so many gaps in between? Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, well, first thing you have to, you have to, you have to realize, you know, it, it takes, well, typically it takes like a year and a half, right, to produce, a, you know, a full season. But for us, it took two years, right? <laughs> um, and so a lot of people would be like, yo, did the show get canceled? And it's just, no, nah, it's just, this is how long it takes to make it. Uh, but, um, but now, nah, bro, it was it was hard, man, because you know it, it didn't have, at, at one point. I say at one point it didn't feel like work. At one point, it was really it was really friends hanging out. You know what I'm saying? And 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 when I say that, I just mean like you know we were having so much fun, and and it got it got to a when we the first season we had they had us in this they had we were working out of this warehouse. Someone had us in this like. It was a, it was like an industrial warehouse where they kept like all the Sony movie props. So it was like a, it was like a Ghostbusters, wow. the Ghostbusters car, and it was stuff from like <laughs> movies. 
was it yeah. was was being kept at this like you know this like warehouse or whatever. And then above the warehouse was this little bit of an office space, right? And this office area, there was no windows. There was like we have it was completely cut off from all anything outside. And they used to and they used to pump some kind of toxic chemical into the ground in, in the parking lot. Cause we, so we, cause we'll be, you know, walking through the parking lot to go from one part of the building to the other, mm-hmm. and we'll see these guys in hazmat suits, and they're like pumping chemicals into the ground. I don't, I, I, I don't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. But um, then, it, then I think there was like these giant towers that there was just buzzing. That it was just right there in the middle of the parking. So it was just like the worst work environment, right? Um, mm-hmm. but this was the first season. And and they don't really give a shit about animators. They just put us anywhere, right? And no one really oh. knew what the show would become. Yeah. So after that first season, and the show, you know, started it was it was started popping a little bit. You know, Aaron was like, like I don't want to work there. <laughs> you know, and so and so we so we moved from there, and we actually got a house in Tarzana, right? Um, and it was in a little cul-de-sac, but it was like. It was like a jacuzzi in the backyard. There was a stripper pole inside. It was like, you know, oh, playing video games. You know, it was people always. It was always random, like actors. You know, what I'm saying, I love these damn okay. more stars. It was cra- It was kind of a crazy atmosphere. But uh, but um, but but it was this place where, like, you know, like we were we were, we were hanging out and like we we. It was hard for us to really stay focused, I guess, on one thing at a time because. Because of that, because it was like a house and it you know, was a place that we could hang out and do shit, other shit. So it, it was a little challenging because we, we ended up staying in like, I mean, we, we damn near lived there, right? So it was like, you know, we, we might work from like 12 to 2 and then we'll work again from like 4 to 6 and then we'll work again from like <laughs> 12 to 3. I know you got some sort of stories. I know you got some stories about oh, some of them. <laughs> like the guess <laughs> too 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 many <laughs> too many <laughs> yeah I could tell by the smile he's like yeah I can't I can't really disclose what went down in that house right there in the cooler side I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hey, you know, these memories man notice <laughs> notice I was like I know you got some stories he's like yeah too many and I shut up I was like in case you want to tell a story and look he was just like. Too good. I mean, you know, like Dan. It was real quick. Shout out. It was Zelda. She said, "Not done with the late night mesothelioma clay." So I watched all the best study. Toxic gas everywhere, bro. That's wild. Right. Yeah, it's not. It was, but I mean, I don't know. What? Whatever. I'm not even going. Yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm saying this, like I was, I was really focused on the work. No bullshit. Like at the end of the day, it was, it was to me, it, that show was so important, and I, I think it was like this for everybody. But you know, dude, I, I was always afraid that we weren't going to meet our deadlines. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or we we would deliver this shit late. So it was always, you know, we don't, you know, we did whatever we had to do to keep the train on the track. You know what I'm saying, and um, so you know, it, and it and it was a it was a big show to make. See what people people understand, like, say for example, like a show like Family Guy, you might have, I don't know, on average, you might have 150 to maybe 200 scenes, maybe, mm-hmm. right? On the Boondocks, you might have 500 to 600 scenes. You know, you might have 300 different characters in every episode. You know, so it was a huge. I I, I always say that we were making 22 minute movies. You know what I mean? Um. Uh, if you think about the scale of the episodes in terms of like where the stories would go, they were going to some right. crazy places. Whereas traditional mm-hmm. sitcoms are very contained, and it'd be like you know, like Family Guy mainly take care, take place in the house, the bar, or right outside, or and it'd be the same usual suspects you see in every episode. But Boom Rocks, we introduce new people every almost every episode. Mm-hmm. We in prison one moment, you know what I'm saying? We in a, we in a nightmare of Tom's, you know? We got stick <laughs> me stick meter in hell. We're doing, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it was just always, it was like movie-sized episodes, you know. So it took a lot, it, and and so my my that was that was my always my priority and always my main focus was making sure that gets made, you know. 
on every joke, man. Oh, oh, and one of all the wall to wall titties in, in the spot. There we go. That's it. <laughs> this is a no comment on that. Remember when I was dying, I would keep on. I would keep to myself, man. Listen, man. Another left letarian, man. I want to know who is on your Mount Rushmore of voice actors of all time. Uh, oh man, is it what is it? Is it four or five? It's, it's four. Four, right? Um, oh man, that's a good one. I would have to say Gary Anthony Williams. Oh, okay, okay, good one. Um, yeah, and and this is this is this is tough, and it's going to sound biased, but I really, I truly believe this. I said Gary Anthony Williams, um, Regina Team. Okay. I got to give it up for John Witherspoon. But, but see, well, here, let me just say this. Let me say this. When you say voiceover actor, right? Mm -hmm. There's people that do many different voices. They yes. play many different characters, right? Yes. Like those guys are, those are, Legend. those are exceptional individuals, right? Right. And then you have those people that may not have that kind of range, but they do something very, very special, right? That's like John Witherspoon. No one can do John Witherspoon. Sure. Yes, you know I'm saying, like, like some of these other voiceover actors that do many different voices, some of them are interchangeable. What made it like you know you can get someone else and do a voice like that? Yeah. But Spoon brought something to, and I, this is why I usually when it comes to voiceover actors, that's kind of how I judge them. Also, it's like, like what did you actually bring into the character that's unique as well? Not just how interesting is the voice or how much you capture the character on the page. But Spoon brought something really unique to the table. So I would have to, and the same, I feel the same way with, with uh, Gary Anthony Waves and Virginia King. And then, of course, I would say Steve Yarbrough as well. Like, and, and you know, I know that's not mm -hmm. biased, but he played Tucker. Oh. So, um, okay. but, but, after, but working with them, right, the improv is impeccable, right? Mm -hmm. the, I mean, I mean, off the dome, they're the best that have ever done it, honestly. And, um, and they really bring they bring, and they bring they all brought something really special to each one of those characters in the show that we couldn't have gotten from from some of the most seasoned veterans out there. Oh, I must say Eric Bowser too. Eric Eric Who did he play? Bowser player and Bowser. Bro, just Google him. <laughs> Eric, okay. Google Eric Bowser. He I mean, right. right now he's doing a lot of stuff with Warner Brothers, but like he's I mean, he's done it's just too many. I mean, he's just like Okay. He he's incredible, right? But then you also got you got guys like like Kevin Michael Richardson too, who was phenomenal. Yep. And so, don't forget, yeah, yep. Creed, she's the I mean a beast. <laughs> like you mm -hmm. know, yep. So oh, yo man, Creed is dope. Uh, Phil Lamar is OG. Uh, oh, Peter yeah. David, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, and and, and look, I mean Kim Whitley, Tommy Davidson, oh JD Smooth, what yeah. the best. Yeah, I've been wrong. Oh, JB Smooth. Oh, that guy. Bro, I got, I got to look to be in the booth. The problem is, he gives you too many takes to choose from. I bet all of them are gold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, um, but well, I'm, I'm gonna name a couple other people because it's like Clifton Powell, amazing. Clifton oh, really? Powell, okay. Pinky, you know what I'm saying? From yeah. Oh. Yeah, if in Cat Williams too, Cat Williams is amazing, awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tara Strong, oh, I don't know if you know Tara Strong. No. Oh yeah, yo, she, yeah, OG, like triple duple OG in the game. She's dope, man. Oh yeah, who else, man? Who else, man? Uh, my man, oh, uh, Kevin Michael, Richardson. Michael Richardson. He's he did got an name. Yeah, yeah, yep, crazy. He, you know, he played uh, Martin Luther King in 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 the Boondocks episode. Oh snap! Okay, word word. Yeah, that was um, also man, the kind of uh, piggyback off of that man. Uh, who's your Mount Rushmore of actors of all time? Actors. Mm -hmm. uh, of all time. Yeah, that's tough, man. You trying to? You trying to? I'm gonna make some enemies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had too many friends, man. So, um, I think uh, Sam Jackson. Yeah, I put Sam Jackson up there. Um, I'm a big fan, and no one's going to agree with this. 
I'm a huge fan of Danny McBride. Yo, oh, that's a funny dude, man. You're a funny dude, man. And, and look, and I know, I know in terms of like actors, he's not maybe like, you know, but <laughs> but that dude is like, I, I, I will watch him in anything. But he's just, he's just amazing to me. Um, Thank you. Um, man, and I got, I mean, I'm kind of repeating myself, but Regina King, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy King's oh, she's yeah, she's amazing. Um man, if I and if I had to squeeze one um let me see. I mean, you know, but you could put you in there as well, you know. I'm gonna say or no, your boy Avion, no. you know. Oh AP I mean, yeah, Avion is dope too. Um I mean man, I mean there's so many, man. There's so many actors. I don't I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I respect that. I respect that. Right. You get a call. You get a call from Denzel Washington in the morning. Like, look, I was around all the working with you, man. But I saw the, I saw the Keith Stalin interview. I'm like, nah, ain't no liar. So you got Denzel. We're not going to last this. Do right. I mean, you know, Tracy Morgan is also he's also really raw, really really good actor, man. Sure. You know, and I I think Tracy and Tracy has a lot more range than I think people people realize you know because he hasn't you know most of the roles you see him do is like in that vein of being tracy morgan right but mm. man like he he can he can go like he's got several different bags that he can go to man like he can you know what i'm saying like he can he can pull off some really really dramatic stuff some really heartfelt mm. moments and well um he's a student of the craft like you know when i worked with him on set of og there's plenty of times he would just be like yo google um 1967, uh, uh, those such and such and such and such. And I, you know, I'd go looking up, he was like, no, watch me. And he would sit there and, you know, and then school me, right? Like, like you pull up a Sydney Portier scene or something like, mm. you know, just some real obscure stuff. And, and he would, right. he would tell me that yeah, he would tell me to watch this scene, this, this scene in particular. And he'll be like, I want you to, I want you to pull the emotion from that. And, and, and that's what I want to see in what we're about to do in this next scene. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not even the director, I'm, I'm the showrunner, but, but he was still like, you know, any opportunity he got, he would help me to understand how to make a scene better, even, even from the writing to directing to just, just how to think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he's very, very thoughtful in that way, you know? And, uh, 